Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Corel Augustus. Corel is a commercial and editorial photographer based in Los Angeles, California. In this interview, I speak to Corel about his early days of photography, as well as attending the Brooks Institute of Photography after serving his country in the U.S. Army. In this interview, I speak to Corel about his experience working at top studios such as Smashbox and Coyote in LA, and how he started shooting professionally for top-tier clients. Carell is currently working on a new book project called Black Hollywood Book Project, where he recreates iconic movies with black actors in the photo series. Carell is someone who brings a passion to his work, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with him, so I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, uh, Corel Augustus, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, really excited to talk to you. Uh, you got a lot of cool stuff you're working on, so I'm really pumped. Um, but I guess, man, like, how you doing? Like, it's a crazy year with the pandemic and a lot of things going on in the world. But oh, I've been asking goodness. every photographer, man, like, how, how you been doing, man? Yeah, thank you. First off, thank you so much for having me, and and I. I have such an appreciation for your work and what you do in photography and photographers. So it's really great to, to connect with somebody who's, uh, you know, out here making a difference and keeping us alive and keeping our voices amplified. So thank you for that. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, this, this year has been a doozy. And in the beginning, I was like, yo, you know, I'm just going to use this time to really focus on the work because this, I have a lot of work for this book. Black Hollywood Book Project. I'm gonna really focus on the work. I'm gonna get all the shots uh, retouched and finished for when that call comes in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. when, when publishers call about the, you know, wanting That's to right. take the book to publish. Yep. Um, and yeah, and and I've I've done a couple shoots for it. Mm-hmm. I have a book now, but it's like, hey, until somebody bites, you know, do I just sit on it or do I just try to remain creative? Yeah. So that's been my process. Yeah, because I, I was like, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll link it in the description. But and like, it's a good one. you on your YouTube page, you have a bunch of like behind the scenes videos of like um the, the project you're working on, working on the book. And it's like some of these sets, yeah. it's like big sets. It's a lot of people and you're building like sets and lots of props and stuff. So it's just like, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat, like as right. a portrait photographer trying to navigate uh portrait shoots in the middle of a pandemic is tough. Like, I mean, how have you kind of, is it been a difficult it's thing? Tough. Yeah. I guess, how have you kind of been working around it? Like, how Yeah, it's tough. So, so it's actually been tough and kind of really easy in a sense because yeah. you realize how many people you don't need on set. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always been sort of drawn to like simple, yep. easy shoots. Like I want to do a shot of uh, this, this gay black wrestler uh, Darren Young is his name, and yep. I want to shoot him as Atlas. Okay. And that would be me, him, a hair makeup person, and maybe a, uh, maybe an assistant, or I'll just show up and light it myself, keep him yep. for an hour and a half and be done with it and have a great, what I would be considered a, a great portrait. But it's, it's it's been a way to sort of realize, like I said, that you don't need all these people on set. And sometimes mm-hmm. we all go for the, 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 the look of it, <laughs> the, the optics. Yeah. But I like having smaller sets, actually. Yeah. You know, bigger yeah. sets make me feel like this big photographer. But the truth of the matter is, 
I feel more connected to my subjects, more connected to my lighting pattern, less scattered when I can just focus. Yeah. And I appreciate that the most. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so, sometimes those big sets, it's like as a photographer, then it's like more stuff to manage. It's more personalities and it's more stuff. And it's just like, yeah, like you said, a smaller crew, it can kind of like you can, like you say, you can kind of connect better and it just kind of streamlines things a absolutely. little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. I did a, a huge job. I did the, this, this model, uh, Don Benjamin as Edward Cezanne's. And it was probably one of the most stressful sets that I've done myself because mm-hmm. I had, a, it was it was in this big space. Uh, you can check out the video on YouTube. It was in this huge space. And when I, sh- I shoot the people as themselves in each shot, mm-hmm. and I try to keep those shots consistent. Like it's all shot against hot white. And and then I'll do whatever scene or a couple scenes. And in that case, we did Edward Suzanne's like on the ground in the snow. And then we did this really cool shot where you remember he was cutting the ice or he was shaving yeah, yeah. the ice and it was snowing. So we did that and he's actually carving out the letters <laughs> BHBP. And then I did him like in the hallway in this huge, you know, not really a scene, but just taking some liberties to sort of as a wink to let everybody know that I know that this is sort of an homage as opposed mm-hmm. to copying things directly. Yeah. But that shoot was, it was so stressful for me because I had to get all the equipment and bring it to the set like the day before. Mm-hmm. And then you you want to make sure you have all your pocket wizards, like all the batteries are charged, uh, all the modifiers for the lights. And then because it's three sets and I have to, um, I can't just focus on one, then you have to bring in people that you give each section to, but then by the time you get to that section, you don't know if everything is right. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was re- I had some really good help, but it was really stressful. And it made me realize that I didn't want to go that route anymore if I could help it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and, and I feel you, man. You know? And uh, yeah. I, guess, I guess to go back, man, I was just kind of curious, like where you grew up and like, how did you kind of get into photography initially? Yes, like I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. And, um, you know, I was always this really quiet, shy kid. I didn't want to stand out in the crowd. I didn't want to be seen if I didn't have to be. It's just sort of migrated in the background around friends and schoolmates and, and all that. You know, obviously around family, you tend to let yourself go a little bit yeah. as far as who you are as a person. But I just grew up really quiet and really shy. And, and then when I stumbled onto photography um, from watching like MTV Cribs, well, not Cribs, it was MTV, uh, like House of Style. Remember Mario Testino would come on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see behind the scenes of Sports Illustrated. And I just thought, I was just so fascinated with the elements of photography and how you can control everything and do anything you want. I was, just, I was really sort of fascinated with that. And I started carrying a camera to like school with me in middle school, like in seventh grade. I still have people now that will contact me. I'm like, hey, those pictures we took in ninth grade, do you still have them? <laughs> do you remember what you camera know? it was? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> the first camera, I don't remember the camera. I remember the film size. Yeah. And it was a 110 camera. Do you remember that film? Was that like one? Uh, I never shot 110. I mean, was that medium format or is that like uh no, it was like it was like this little spool, and you can get the film at um, you can get the film at like drugstores. Yeah, yeah. Like Rite Aid and Eckerd's and CVS, but it was like this little spool that 
it was already the film was in there and it would just spool to one side. I would just put the film in. You know, this was before I knew anything about f stops and yeah and shutter speeds. Oh, I see. And, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. It's like one of those like the cameras were like skinny and they're kind of like like pancake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that's the first um the first camera I ever had, and then and then I moved on to a Canon. Uh, what was that Canon called? I, I still have it in my closet. Was that AE one? No, it was a it was a point and shoot, but it was like a you you held it like in your palm. Yeah. You opened the lens and it had this really cool circle flash. All right. I think it was a Canon Fotura. Look right. that up. It yeah, you really had some you had some cool little point and shoot cameras to start off, man. That's a good. Start. Yeah, Alex, I'm old. I'm probably a lot older than you. Nah, are. nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and, and that one that actually. 35 millimeters. So yeah. I thought I was a good photographer because I could point and shoot and, and composite a picture properly. And then, and then what happened when I turned 18 is I joined the army. Okay. And I got stationed in Germany and I bought my first sort of professional camera, which was a Nikon N90X, which was the European version of the F90X. So maybe I said that backwards, yeah. but it was the first time I got, and it was all film. Yep. Yeah. So when I started photography school, that was the camera that I had. So like when you, when you decided to join the army, was that like something you had thought about for a long time? Was there like a history of people in your family, kind of military family or like what was kind of the decision? Like that's a bit major decision to join the army. No, it was, it was really major. And I did it for a few reasons. I did it because, you know, I, I had, a, I applied to SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. Yep like early in the summer. Nobody told me that I should have applied the summer before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, I, I applied that year and it was kind of late and I didn't want to sit at home after graduating high school. And, you know, I'm pretty patriotic and I love this country despite yeah. its flaws. Yeah. And I um, I said, you know, I can, I can probably join the army and, and get some money for college and give my, serve my country for three years. Yeah. They ended up staying for four. Then I stayed at the National Guard once I got to to California. So I gave eight years of service. Wow! And thank you. Um, um, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, and then I um, I got into photography school in Santa Barbara. Um, once I got out of the army and, and came here and and just. Were you kind of, like you said, you had that camera, like even when you're in the army, were you just kind of like snapping away this kind of on, on the side a little bit as a hobby in your free time or not at all? Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I was snapping away. I have boxes full of pictures. I actually ended up going to uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina during the whole war situation. Wow. And I have great pictures from that, from all the bullet holes and the, the buildings and the, the kids who hadn't seen parents in months. It was really devastating, but it was... um. You know, I really just was interested in capturing stuff. I've always been fascinated with it. You know, and it was a good way to hide behind hide behind the camera as opposed to being in front of it. Yeah. Um, and this whole photography thing, dude, I wake up every single day, even today, just excited. Yeah, man. You just never know what call you're going to get. You never know when that that one call, for whatever reason, and what it means is going to come through. It's fascinating. It's a roller coaster. People, it's a roller coaster. People, you know, are intrigued by what we do and how we do it. So it's um, I, I just love it. I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. There's nothing that really excites me. Maybe studying like, 
the stars and the planets. But yeah. other than that, uh, that's I'll stick good. With this. So like when you're even yeah. when you're kind of early on uh, taking pictures and stuff, even when you're in the army, were you kind of even like paying attention to like what other photographers were doing or like they're kind of any early influences on your work or photographers work there you're looking at it all? Yeah. So when I was in the army, I, I used to get American photo magazine. Mm-hmm. I would get American photo magazine and I would constantly flip through it and that's how I learned about Brooks Institute of Photography, which is where I ultimately ended up going. Yeah. And I would just see, like, they would have competitions between Brooks and um, uh, Art Center in Pasadena. So I'm like, oh, Brooks, you know, Santa Barbara, I always wanted to live in California. I love it. <laughs> I love all the movies that come out of California. So, you know, let me see how, let me call. Yeah. And it, I called Brooks once from, uh, from, I was stationed in Baumholder, Germany. So I called Brooks and the woman, that answered the phone. She's like, hello, Brooks. I'm like, hey, my name is such and such and such. And, you know, I really like some information from your school about maybe joining when I'm out of the army. Mm-hmm. And then she said, oh, I have this crazy story. Um, you should talk to this guy. He called me from Germany. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm calling you from Germany. She goes, he was in the army. And when he got out, he came to Brooks. And so I'm like, what, 18, 19 years old. So I'm like, oh, this is, this is a sign. I got to yeah. do it. <laughs> And uh, so I ended up doing it and I ended up meeting the guy she was talking about. His name's Sean Sanders. And, you know, he's still a good friend of mine to this day. That's awesome. So it was just, it was just really inspirational. I'm, I, I'm like really sort of sentimental that way. If you send me a, I'm like, this must be a sign. Yeah, definitely, man. It's like, the, <laughs> especially those like early times in your photography career when everything's just so new and fresh. Like I look back at the times when like the first time I ever shot like a medium format camera or like some yeah. new thing. It's just like so exciting when you're first getting into it. Um, yeah. When, when you kind of got to Brooks, like, did you even kind of have a goal for the type of work you wanted to do at that point? And like, how's kind of your overall experience going to school there, I guess. Dude, when I got to Brooks, I was as lost as the days are long. Yeah. I really was. And, you know, I had just gotten out of the army. I was, I was considered independent. So didn't have a whole lot to fall back on. Brooks was really expensive. Mm-hmm. Santa Barbara was really expensive. I was one of those students that had to work, um, but I was determined yeah. and I went and, and I ended up graduating on time three years year round because I had, you know, I was focused and the army, the army did help me out as far as tuition and mm-hmm. uh, cost of living. But I was just on you know, controlling light and light patterns. That's all I wanted to do. And I think now I went through this thing where I got, I don't want to say lazy, but I just got really content with how I light my photographs which I really enjoy Mm -hmm. but at some point I'm like okay can we just use one light please (laughs) but I realized that 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 that, you know especially now 20 years later like you you really have to like elevate yourself yeah you know I, I I stopped following a lot of photographers on Instagram for a myriad of reasons but mainly because I don't really want to be influenced by anybody else's work. I just want to do what I do, how I do it. So when somebody responds to it, I can be confident and making it happen as opposed to, Oh, I saw this, this cool thing, but that Alex has served and not served me. And I'm going to tell you how, because when I would shoot jobs, like I wasn't the guy that had all these other tear sheets 
on V flats, like yep. looking over and getting, but a lot of guys do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the photographer I want to be. And I'm just going to go with what's in my head. And then you end up, it, it, it ends up a little bit bland. So I will, I have an inspirational um, folder on my iPhone where I put pictures that inspire me, either lighting or composition or whatever. And so the next time I shoot, I will sort of intertwine that with what I wanted to do anyway, which yeah. I think is very important. No, I'm, it makes sense. Yeah, I kind of feel like that too sometimes. Like Instagram, I mean, I've talked about this a lot. It's like, it's good and bad. It's like, yeah, it's cool to see what other people are doing. But yeah, like you said, you kind of, the hardest thing in my mind is like finding your own voice as a photographer and like figuring out what you're trying to say and how you're trying to say it is like, it's like a really difficult thing. Like I always envy people like, I don't know, like certain photographers, like when you see like a Avedon photo, you know, he took it or you see an Elliot Erwitt picture, you know, he took it. And it's like, I don't know yeah. how they get, I don't know how they get there, but it's like the hardest thing, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Which is why I don't, I didn't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. Yeah. Um, and listen, I'm shooting a book where I'm copying, not copying, or I'm using other people's, I wasn't there when they did mm-hmm. the movie Back to the Future, but I really do love figuring it out. Yeah. You know, that was 35 years ago. They don't even make those lights anymore, but I like, I like interpreting it the way that, the, the way that I can yeah. to make the shot that I want. So the what I advise, and this is what I did and said to myself is that there's only one me, right? Whatever I bring to the table is what I'm going to bring to the table. Yeah. And, you know, John and Chris and Susie might do it differently, but this is how I'm going to do it. And when you respond to that, which isn't just about my photography, it's about personality, it's about persistence, it's about mm-hmm. vision that that people respond to. And, that, and that's what I appreciate. Yeah. And also, I think like even I, I, I had a teacher when I went to photography school, too, and he was like, yeah, you should actually try to like copy some people's work because you, you learn how to shoot different ways and you kind of figure mm-hmm. out what because even if you quote unquote are trying to copy someone's work it's never going to be the same anyways because whatever right. that's true you can try as hard as you want but it's not going to be the same so it's like the way he kind of explained that's a good point. It, it makes sense it's like you kind of pick up little different tools along the way and you can kind of like utilize them for your own style kind of a little bit and I, I don't do that so much anymore, but like early on, I remember I was like, in, I was a huge Platon fan and I was like shooting. Oh, like, I love him. Yeah, yeah I love him. Yeah. And I was like, I would like had the white seamless and was shooting like wide angle Hasselblad. And it was, it was cool. But then I realized like, oh, this isn't my, my thing, but I learned little <laughs> pieces along the way, you know? Yeah. 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 What happened to Bruce? I think I have a couple of his books. No, he's still he shoot? shoot. Yeah. He still shoots. I just interviewed him a couple months ago. He's still shooting. He does like a lot of like, um, like philanthropy work and like documentary films and stuff now but yeah he's still out there doing his thing oh good 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 yeah, yeah. you know i often wonder i used to look through a lot of magazines when i was you know in high school like whether it was the vogue mm-hmm. or like i said american photo and you would sort of see the same names all the time exactly remember you would still yeah. you would see the mario testinos you would see the platones you would see um the Irving Pens, and then somewhere around mid two thousands, it just became this this conglomerate of anybody with a camera that was shooting. Yeah, and now that's been tenfolded by anybody with a cell phone, and you know, 
can shoot pictures and get hired and be photographers and not know how to light and hire somebody to to do everything for them, which I which is fine, but it really takes what you and I initially got out of photography and wanted the world to get. It wasn't this easy thing you could just wake yeah. up and say, hey, you know what? I'm a photographer today. Yeah, because I think it's like there's like a lot of like uh, media companies now out there and not everyone, some of their approaches like it's all about content, content, content. So it's like, it's not so much quality, it's just quantity. And they're trying to just churn out a bunch. Of, so you see like whatever content creators, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's like not to be, I'm a hater, but no, like, that's true. You're absolutely it, but right, yeah, man. but being a photographer and like, like a Instagram, whatever thing is like two different things. And it's like, uh, there definitely is like a lot of that, like, yeah quantity over quality but yeah there, i think there still is a place for like people like us doing quality work and who have a a love and passion for the medium you know it's just yeah, yeah. it is a different it, it does get frustrating for sure i think i always say yeah i always tell people when they're like well what about i say you know photography is still an art form yeah right it's still an art form and you always see that when 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 you can't it, when you don't know how to, you know, create a highlight, mm -hmm. a kiss of light at one eighth of a second, like it, it's it's what it is. It's yeah. still an art form. Yeah. And these people claim to be self-taught, and I don't want to sit here and hate. No. Listen, get it where you can get it, but it's it's. I just wish that we spent a lot of time and money and effort trying to, you know. Le learning the, like learning now. learning the history of the craft Art history yeah yeah this it's so important like learning right. the history of the craft the film test yeah especially like for what you're doing and we're, we'll get into it your book your black hollywood book project it's like you're going back and shooting old films from like decades ago and it's like mm -hmm. having that knowledge of like how they lit it back in the day and like exactly what the composition was like because that like exactly it's evolved over time so like if you don't have that knowledge of the history i think it's just kind of it, it's another tool in your toolbox like having an understanding of the medium you know having an understanding of the medium but one, yes and you're absolutely right but then somebody pointed out to me not too long ago they're like yeah but corel think about the people like who are the art buyers now who are 32, yeah. 33, 34, 26, 27, 28, they don't know any difference either. So yeah. they see their friends who got 10,000 likes on this and they think that that means, so I feel like I'm becoming the old guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's just, I but think, I'm not. It, no, it's like two different games. Like there's, I think, yeah, there's definitely some people, the social media thing will go back to it. It's like, it's all perception and like image, but there definitely still are like editors and right. producers out there that truly have a love for the craft. And it's like, that that's the people that I want to work with. And they're out there. Absolutely. They might be harder to find sometimes, but they're they're, find, I, think, yeah, I think they're still out there. A uh, diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah, man. So I guess like when you got out of Brooks, like, like what, what, what was kind of your first step into the, I guess the photo industry? Like, did you go straight to shooting or I know like myself and a lot of people, they, they kind of jump into assisting or that type of yeah. thing. What was kind of your first step into the photo world, I guess. So once again, when I got out of Brooks, I was a photographer, right? I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to take my book to guess and guess is going to hire me to shoot because that's my goal and that's my destination. And that's just going to happen. Yep. 
It didn't go that way, Alex. But um, so what I did, I actually did not get into assisting immediately because I thought I sucked at it. Yeah. Um, what I ended up doing was um, I just got a completely different job. I worked at a magazine for about a year and then I worked at a commercial production company. And everybody, all the directors that were there and all the producers knew I was a photographer. Mm -hmm. So they would say, hey, Corel, do you want to go shoot on set? We got $1,500 a day for nine days each. Do you want to do it? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, 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 I'll do that. So I got into that for a while. So that was was a really good thing to do. And then one of the biggest directors there at the company I was at at the time, his name Rupert Sanders. He actually did the movie, um, the first one. He did... um, what was the Charlie Theron um, monster Cinderella? Oh, uh, uh, I can look it up. Uh, I'll look it up. But yeah, it was Charlie yeah. Theron movie. So, so, yeah. the, so the agency basically represented like commercial directors and like features. That's right. All right, got it. They they represented um, commercial directors, but then these directors also had other representation for feature films. Got it. And Rupert Sanders would let me come on his set and, you know, shoot pictures around him. And, you know, when I when, actually when I first got to L.A., I called because I wanted to do that. And they're like, I said, how do you get into shooting on set? And they said, you need 2000 hours of non-union work. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to do that? They're like, well, we don't know. <laughs> so when it was offered to me, like just to come on set, I was taken aback. Like, wait, I thought I'm supposed to. And they're like, no, just come on and do So I realized, I realized I ultimately did not want to shoot on set that way, but it was yeah. just a good education to know. Snow White and the Huntsman, that's the name of it. Okay, um, got it. Oh, <laughs> so, so, you were, so you were kind of thinking about being like a uh, like a unit photographer almost, like, because I know like on a lot of feature films, they have a unit photographer and that's their job. Was that kind of what you were thinking about a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was thinking about, you know, just you know, either TV sets or tv shows yeah or commercials mm-hmm. but they just the union is just so hard to get into yep if i had started back then in 2001 when i moved to la i might be approaching a space where i could do it now yeah. but i ultimately ended up doing it anyway because of the people i ended up knowing yeah and um and then i was going to leave that job and then i got a job at smashbox studios in los angeles yep and uh, where I used to see it, like a lot of Rolling Stone covers were shot there. So I knew Smashbox. And um, that's where I got a whole nother form of an education as far as photography goes. Mm-hmm. And I started assisting photographers like Matthew Rolston. Wow, legend. And Testino and Norman Jean Roy and Art Damn. Stryber, who I saw that you, who is probably one of the coolest guys ever. Yeah, he's the. He's My friend the, said he's the Tom Cruise of photography. Oh, because he's got that blazer, man. He's got yeah, that yeah, blazer. yeah. He's the, coolest, the coolest guy. He's the coolest guy. Um, Kareem Black, I've worked with, and I saw that you interviewed yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so it's just been, it's been a huge process. You know, I had a couple snafus because it was easier for me to make a paycheck than mm-hmm. to try to go out and be a starving artist yep um oh, if i had to go back and change something things out it's not everything <laughs> nah, man <laughs> so that's good i feel you man it's the battle of yeah. art, art and commerce man it's like making a living in, as a freelance photographer is a very hard thing to do um 
I guess like you're working really at you're working at Smashbox and you're assisting different photographers. Like, how did you kind of make the jump to start like finding some of your own clients? Because I think probably a lot of people listening, that's like the hardest thing to do. You know, they might be working some other job and they want to start doing assignment work. But like, how did you kind of start getting your name out there and working with clients, I guess? So what happened was from the the commercial work I had been hired to do on set. Yeah. Like I shot Pierce Brosnan for the Rochelle, the Rochelle, Rochelle chocolate. Okay. Commercial and, and the girl who was in Terminator at the time. So, you know, this is LA. They like celebrities, like the picture be good, bad, indifferent. They just yeah. like famous faces in the pictures. And, uh, so I would send that work out and I got a couple more jobs and, and anybody that who had hired me from the commercial world would either give my name to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then I said this job, BTS AT&T commercial or pizza commercial or, you know, out backstage, would you come and shoot? I'm like, oh, absolutely. And then it was, it was becoming this thing where it was all that. Yeah. But then I realized, wow, you know, I'm not really shooting commercially like I want to be shooting commercially. Yeah. Um, I want to create big sets. I want to be the big man on in charge. Yeah. I want to come up with a concept and I want to, you know, be with the art director. As an assistant, you just set up lights. Nobody asks you any questions. Yeah. That's fine because I, I never really chased assisting. It always came to me and I would do it if I was available. Mm-hmm. But I was there as as support as opposed to let me give you all my knowledge to help boost where you're trying to be. I have this, there's a great quote that says, if you don't chase your dream, somebody will hire you to help them build theirs. Yeah, yeah, true. And I'm like, oh, that's that's really, really true. Yeah, you got you got you, at some point you gotta break away and like try you just gotta try. You gotta like put put your put your foot in one for in front of the other and just kind of start creating stuff and yeah, this kind of brick by brick, you like you said, like you kind of just start getting more opportunities and slowly stuff kind of starts to happen. It seems like it's like uh absolutely. And as soon as I stop chasing it, as soon as I stop chasing it is when probably around then I start I had this idea for my my book. Mm-hmm. And that that has been a little bit of a game changer, but so much has, has come to me as a result of having started shooting that. I've been on TV shows, I've shot magazine covers, I shot Viola Davis's wedding yeah. uh, exclusively. Uh, I've done these incredible podcasts with incredible people like yeah, yourself. <laughs> and I have an agent for my book who's out, you know, looking for publishers. Yeah. So yeah, yeah your your book, Black Hollywood Project, which we kind of touched on a little bit, like like how did it begin because i think i I listened to the other interview you did that came out today and i think you've been working on it for like 10 years now and i guess like what was kind of the early days of that project what was kind of your goal with it i guess so the goal was i didn't want to be in the rat race that that you and i spoke about just a little while ago yeah i didn't want to be in the rat race i went to New York with three or four portfolios. This is before cell phones really. And I would try to figure out how to get to 
Rolex stone drop off a book and then go over here and drop off a book and then go over here and then come back the next day yeah. to ask for the book. And the book was in a room with 19 other books, yeah. 32 other books. And I had to find mine. So I'm like, you know, this is, I'm sure people, I, I just saw myself not wanting to be in this rat race. Right. So, and then I thought, well, listen, I know how to light. I have incredible relationships with Kyoto Studios and Smashbox Studios and all these different studios around LA. They've said to me, if I ever need to shoot, I can shoot for free. What? Um, That's the fucking plug, man. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> you know, they've been really, and let me just, I'll, I'll come back to what I'm saying, but I just want to come back to, I want to just put a point in the fact that, but for Smashbox, but for Kyoto Studios, yeah. but for Milk and um, was it Siren? I think Siren. Mm -hmm. They've just just been so incredibly supportive of me and this work and this project that I know, and I'm yeah. going on record saying that I know. But for that, it probably wouldn't happen. Nah, fuck that. You because get it you done, and I man. Know you get much... it done, man. You get it done. Put it, you, you get it done. <laughs> you know I mean? But yeah, that's that's amazing. They supported it, dude. Yeah, because like for yeah. people listening, maybe I'll put it in perspective. Like those studios, like Smashbox and Milk, and like where you're shooting on a psych. A lot of those studios can go from like three thousand to five thousand a day just to rent. So that's amazing. That's right. they, they've been open to kind of let you uh, use their space and are, are, are supportive of your project, man. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I'm really grateful. I'm really blessed. And I know that. So to get back to where we were talking about before I put that point in there, yeah. which was, what did you ask me? Yeah, just like about? what was kind of the early days of the, the Black Hollywood book project? Like, yes. What, how did it kind of come to be? And like, what was kind of your goal with the project, I guess? So so how it came to be, I, I was shooting on set with another photographer. I was actually shooting for the production company because yeah. of my previous job and he was shooting for the network mm -hmm. um and he had done this book and i thought it was really cool patrick ecclesine called the the faces of sunset boulevard yeah. where he went from east la to the beach just shooting all these different people from you know the, the street walkers on sunset in hollywood to some of the homeless to the mansions and the surfers because sunset goes all the way to the beach. And I thought, oh, that's such a cool concept. And on that job, uh, I was shooting for a show that I forget the name at this point, but I met a girl and it's Kelly Stewart on the show. And I said, hey, you know, I'm a photographer and I am a big fan of yours. And I would love the opportunity to just shoot with you independently at some point in the future. And here's my number. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we ended up shooting together. She became a really good friend still to this day. So the day that Michael Jackson died, mm -hmm. uh, his music was everywhere. Yep. His music was everywhere. And I thought, you know, God, what a way to leave like a legacy. Like, yep. like love him or hate him. Like what a way to leave the planet with so much of your work in the world. And I said, I want to do something. I want to do something creative. I want to do something that I can give my time and my effort and my energy to. And I'm going to stick with it as long as I need to until it's complete. Yeah. Now, Alex, did I have 10 years in the back of my mind when I said that? <laughs> I, I don't know if I had that in mind, but I was I, I gave myself to it and I wanted to give myself to it. Mm -hmm. And it's been a long haul and it has not been easy. But, you know, like I told you earlier, I wake up every single day excited and, and pumped. I love the work. 
I, I, I believe in the work and somebody with, with the gravitas to push it forward is, is coming. I feel it. Yeah. And with, with the project, like to explain a little bit more, basically w- w- the Black Hollywood book project, essentially um, you recreate uh, famous movie scenes like like Back to the Future, Terminator yes. Um, yes. that are generally the actors that are usually uh, white actors. And you, with yep. you, you you find black uh uh, a lot of actually you work with some very well-known celebrities and actors and yeah. people in Hollywood and you right. basically recreate these scenes, right? Yeah, I recreate famous scenes from movies and iconic images for black celebrities and entertainers. And when I started this, it was it was mainly just I wanted to do something that was off the beaten path and I wanted to do something that I could I could focus on and sort of uplift, you know, seeing people that look like me in this light that I hadn't before. Yeah, you know, I grew up in America like everybody else, and I grew up loving the Dukes of Hazard, like I said, and you know, Simon and Simon and the Fall Guy, and I still love all these people just as much today. But I also realized that I didn't have visually, I didn't have many people that looked like me in those sort of iconic positions. And when yeah. I did see people that looked like me, they were the gangsters or the drug dealers or the thugs or the mm-hmm. boys in the hood. And there's also a space for that, but I wanted to tell a big what if story. Um, and I also thought that it would be something to, you know, get people's attention. And I've been in New York and people, you know, want to argue about it, which I have zero tolerance for. Really? What do they, what do they, they just, what do they want to argue? What is it? What do they say? It's just like, well, the, you know, the, um, it's it's they've said to me, so 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 what are you trying to say by you know creating a book or what if I did a book called White Hollywood Book Project? I'm like you know you can do that. I I don't know what's gonna happen, but just do it. Be like, it's already it and, already. I mean Hollywood's already pretty white, so it's already kind of like yeah, it's uh, well, you, which is which is. That's why you keep yourself to these kinds of conversations. And the, what are you trying to say? I'm like, well, if you look at the work, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You're looking at what I'm trying to say. Now, can't control how it makes you feel. It's something that we need to talk about. If you want to talk about it, you're completely different than what am I trying to say. But that's a very small group of people that are always just going to be, you know, the voice of, you know, the descending yeah yeah side exactly and you know we have space for them too yeah yeah i could i could have conversations with them i think it's amazing the the, the project it's uh it's just uh it's open to conversation to to talk about like these issues and it's in a, in a unique way i'm not going to do anything to embarrass myself and the subject definitely you know how these people are they're not going to do anything to embarrass themselves yeah it's and and so many of them big names I've shot. So many of them have come to me and said, listen, nobody has ever asked me to do this really creative shoot by myself. Usually I'm in an ensemble cast on a white psych telling a story with the movie or the TV show or whatever. Nobody's ever pulled me to the side to do that. These are seasoned uh, celebrities. They've been around. So to make Vanessa Williams Cleopatra yeah, was just such a huge. I was so excited to be able to give that to her, because clearly she was worthy to mm-hmm. me. She was worthy of it, and I wanted to make a really incredible shot 
with that. We're doing it, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, and it's pretty amazing I that people... shot um, it's another actress, Cindy. Sorry, yeah, sorry, no, I keep frozen there. Yeah, no, no, it's amazing that you've gotten all these people to, to collaborate with you. Like, how do you kind of generally approach them, and has it gotten easier being that you photograph more and more people, or how do you kind of approach these people to get them to collaborate on this project with you? I'll answer your first question last. No, it has not gotten easier. Yeah. So I think I mentioned this in the podcast I did earlier, like last week. You know, it's um. I I I don't know if I had just I was just off in how I was approaching it, but this is what I thought, Alex. I thought that if I get ten people to shoot with me mm-hmm. and I make really creative, really nice, good shots, then people's PR and people's managers and people's agents would see that and say, hey, you know, this kid is onto something. Let's 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 support him. Yeah. And and just so you know, I've gotten a lot of support. I think to date I've shot 67 people. Wow. So between shooting all the people that I've shot, creating the scenes and the the shots of them as themselves, um, we have a book. Yeah. We have a book. I mean Chris Williams as one of the first people I shot and he's currently Black Lightning. And that's a huge TV show. Yeah. You know, so, and this was before he was who he is now, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but it, it has not gotten any easier. And I had to have a huge slice of humble pie because of that, because I thought that it, I thought that it would get easier. And I'm, I kept thinking, hey, am I doing something wrong or you know, you may know this. I haven't released any of the panel images to this book. Ever. Yeah. And maybe that's worked against me as far as that goes. But there's plenty of behind the scenes. There's a Facebook page, there's an Instagram page, there's a YouTube channel. Like you can you can see the work without having seen the final images. And that's because this whole Instagram thing is mm-hmm. completely outrageous. I released a concept shot of Carrie, I shot twin girls, Khadija and Malika. Yep. Um, one is Carrie at the prom, and one is Carrie once she was covered in what was it, pig's blood or whatever. Yep. And people pull it, people repost, people do all these things to it, and then I see it two days later, all over Instagram, know it, know anything, and I'm looking at it like a spectator, and I created it. Yeah. I know we're living in a world where people don't, they don't, they don't really respect copyright. I don't know if you heard about the case where the woman was contacted by a magazine and said, hey, can we give you 50 bucks to use your photograph? She said, no, yep. they used it anyway. She filed a suit and they won. Wow. And I, w- I was like, you know, this is why people don't really, the value of photography is just, diminishing because people just there's no you just like to do it like it's like no this is how i pay my bills yeah <laughs> you know no it's, it's i pay my bills man. by you hiring me you writing me a check and me writing a check to at&t yeah yeah i had uh happened to me freaking yeah. red bull red bull one time giant corporation it really is they they just took they took one of my photos off my Instagram, just like reposted it on their page, like, like like didn't even ask, and they thought I would just be so pumped, and I instantly wrote them a message like, "Hey, what the heck? Either like cut me a check or take it Good down." For you. Yeah, of course. Um, 
It yeah. is. It's a tough thing though, because like as you know, most freelance photographers aren't in the position to have a lawyer. So it's like it's just like this. You're up against this. Like it just seems yeah. like a you can't win this battle a lot of these times. So it's tough. I mean, it's great to hear those wins where people do ha- have a chance to get a lawyer, but for the most part, it's just like, yeah, it sucks. It feels like I feel kind of like uh, useless. <laughs> you can't really do anything a lot of the time. You know, it's tough. I know. So the only thing you can do is, you know, try to protect your images. Yep. And, you know, I just wish that because I've had celebrities come to my Instagram screenshot, something that I put up, reposted on their pages and tag everything and everybody else except for me, like yeah. tagging products. I'm like, well, we didn't shoot that for that. But I, but the way I handle that is I'll send them a message that, hey, that shoot that we did was really, really amazing. I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. Is there any way you can go ahead and credit me? Because yep. what happens is people, my cash is raised when people see that you respect me enough to give me credit for what I did. Of course. And if you don't respect me enough to do that, then I'm just out here creating images for no reason. Yeah. And that's ultimately not my goal. Yeah, man. I, I'm with you. And I think the more we can share that with like other photographers and younger photographers coming up, be like, Hey, yo, you got to stand up for yourself. You can't just let people take your shit. Cause they'll, they'll try to bully you around and try to do your stuff. But all you have to do is say no, or ask for what you, what you think you're worth. You know, it, it, all you got to do is ask, you know, they might say no, but you still got to, at the end of the day, you got to stand up for yourself and like the amount of effort you put in. You have to stand up. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I totally agree. And stand up for me and for you and for, you know, everybody. I had a conversation with some friends last week where now people just want to, hey, I'll give you credit. You know, I was shooting at this place and this guy was making me sandwiches. He goes, yep. oh, these influencers want to come and take a picture with the sandwich. I said, but the difference is, like, no, if they post you and credit you, no line is going to appear around the corner for 90 people to buy a $14 sandwich. So it doesn't <laughs> yep. even compute. No. It doesn't even compute money. Money, that's how I pay my bills. That's what I want. It's not greed. It's a profession. 100%. And, and it's, it's gotten this rap that, oh, you just like to do it. Yeah. You just like to do photography. So you're just going to like doing this for me. It's like, no, I like depositing checks in my bank account. <laughs> yeah, that's man, what it, I is, like. it is a weird thing. It's like the creative world is like, would you ever have like an electrician come to your house and be like, I'll give you credit. I'll tell you for you fix my lights, but I'm going to give you credit. I'm going to tell my friends about yours. So I'll tag you on Instagram. I'm like, no. I'll tag you on Instagram. Yeah. I'll tag you on Instagram. Yeah. I'm going to give my, my, my landlord, I am going to give him one of your headshots. That should be worth $750. So yeah. I don't have to pay that part of my rent. It's like, that's not how it works. Yeah, exactly. You have to pay me. Yeah. And yeah. we get really, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's really difficult to ask people for your money. Yep. It's really difficult. Yeah, it because is. You want the job, you want to work. Yeah, it's like, and then you don't want to, you know. Yeah, exactly. And if people pay you late. It's like you're being the jerk to ask them to pay you the money that they asked them for that they owed you like that you done a month ago. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's I, I I've gotten over that and I've given up jobs. Yeah, I've given up jobs because one thing I hate the most mm-hmm. is chasing money. Yep. And having to explain to you who's gotten the work, yep. who's utilizing the work. I just shot for a company with whose name I, I'll tell you off the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just shot for a company and I'm in this position where 
I'm chasing money and they're, they're having to write me deposits and they're giving me installments, which I will take. Yep. But that is not what our agreement was. Not when I can go to your website yeah. and Walmart's website and see my work. Yeah. It's just like, you know? it's just, it's just like, I don't like the stress. Like, it's just like, it, it, cause then, <laughs> then you're this for like the two weeks or a month when they haven't paid you. You're just like, at least for me, man, I'll just be angry. And I don't want to be like that. I just want to be That's like, right. we, we made an agreement stick to it (laughs) that's right that's right that's right that's it like i did when i showed up and shot for you and turned over all of that work but you know you know you know that's about respect Mm -hmm. like you've interviewed some people who would never do that too because they respect them yep and for whatever reason they think that some of these guys are more connected to or worthy of respect than some of us other guys who are just out here doing it i have a group of friends yep that <laughs> hopefully hope, you know i don't care if they listen to this podcast i have a group of friends that they call me they're like oh my god we got this thing that we need to shoot and we don't have very much money and i'm like why the hell are you calling me then yeah like why am i your guy to call when you don't have a lot of money yeah you know do you think i just like doing this like i don't like doing it so there's a situation <laughs> that I had where I was asked to shoot um, some food product Mm -hmm. and I knew people didn't have very much. I didn't get back to them immediately. I got back to them like two days later and then they were like, oh, you know, I had to go with somebody else because, you know, I really had to get it done. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I usually respond when we'll have money, but I'm sorry I wasn't able to respond quick enough for you. Yeah. But I'm glad you got it done. Mm -hmm. So, I don't even want you calling me anyway when that's going to be your disposition about it. Yep. You know, and listen, I love photography. I really, really do. I've been able to, you know, sustain some sort of a life from it, but it's, we wake up every day having to work. You gotta, yeah. it's a hustle. Yeah, man. You know, it's a hustle. I'm redoing my, my website right now and I'm excited about getting it out because awesome. I, I want the work to be seen. And this has, this is even aside from the book, because in addition to the book, Alex, yeah. I still had to do all other work. Yeah, man. Keep myself viable as somebody who's willing to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah I, it's a lot. It's a lot of moving parts, man. And I guess a couple more questions on the book. I was just kind of curious, like, how do you kind of decide which yeah. movies you're going to like uh, recreate, I guess, because you've done some like very awesome. I love the Terminator one, the guy with the motorcycle. And I saw like some of the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, that yeah. was like, that was one of my favorite. But I guess like, Thank how you. do you kind of decide which movies you're going to recreate? You know, the, the, the quick, fast, easy answer is budget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> budget is the first thing. Yeah. But. I try, I try to match up whoever this, like, if I'm going to create, contact a celebrity, like I've contacted Serena Williams, mm-hmm. and I really want her to do um, that scene from Weird Science. You know, the scene where they first make the woman and then she comes out and she yeah, goes, yeah. you boys have been naughty, or what are you naughty <laughs> boys up to? I think she will look great in that scene. Yeah. So I have just been really lucky to choose people and sort of read their personality and offer them a scene. And then they've really, really been into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I shot Neil Brown Jr. as uh, in Die Hard. He goes, oh my God, Bruce Willis in that movie is one of my favorite movies and actors of all time. And, you know, I built the tunnel myself after make a Home Depot run. Wow. And um, 
you know, it was just, it's just, they usually respond to, if it fits their personality, I shot Lauren London as um, Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct. Oh, wow. And it's one of my favorite shots. And I actually was on a set with Sharon Stone and I told her about it. And I have these really cool wristbands that I have to send you a few of Yeah, that has Black Hollywood Book Project on it. And, and Sharon Stone is one of the first people I've met that who inspired a shot. And she loved it. She was gracious. And she got all these really cool shots with it. And she told me she was nothing but white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I'm like, oh my God, Sharon, I love it so much. I love it. And, and uh, just been really supportive. Um, Jessica um, Lang, I did what King Kong and showed her and she goes, oh my God, I love it. And I want a copy of it when it's done. So a lot of people have been really, really supportive and really cool. But, you know, my, my thing is, if you don't want me, I'm not going to let myself want you. So I don't expect everybody's going to jump to want to do this. Yeah. But I would appreciate just saying no to me like the day or the next day that I ask so I can move on. Yeah. Um, but I'm really interested in uh, what's coming from the next step as far as publishing and getting it out there. And Yeah, no, it's exciting, get, you know, publishing. Having book. more people learn about it and yeah, hopefully understand it. No, that's great. Like, and do you feel like you think you'll some yeah. you'll kind of continue shooting even after you publish the book, or, or are you kind of like kind of over it at this point, or is it something you think you'd like to continue even moving forward after you publish it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was just doing the cut drill, yeah. uh, cut my neck, quick, yeah. quick, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> so you know, maybe after maybe a volume two will be a lot easier because people say, hey, he was successful once. Because yeah. I do I want to give my another 10 years of my life chasing people. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I mentioned that if if I if you can sort of stay stay in this this genre by mm-hmm. doing all kinds of things. Like I'm like, oh you know what might be cool is recreating ads from the 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. That might be something cool. And you know, providing that this is 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 a success and I have agents that can bring me the people because every person I've gotten, with the exception of maybe five, yeah, I've gotten. Yeah. You know, and this is somebody else suggested, hey, you should really shoot for this book. And then the, the person and I spoke and then I ended up shooting them. But it, it feels really good despite some of the negative things I pointed out. It feels really good to know that this many people have gotten behind me and believed in the project yeah like i think about marla gibbs from the jeffersons and from 227 like that's for me when i think about it that's like a really big deal hell to yeah me. definitely you know it's like you doing something and betty davis showing up you're like oh my i mean not betty davis betty white showing up yeah you know so she she holds that for me and and it just I realized I was just checking off all these personal, personal goals as I was doing this, but I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I, I really am. And sometimes it's hard to keep that going. Yep. But I am. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. Yeah, ten years is a long time working on one project. A lot, but I, the thing I really respect about it is this: it just goes to show you, like, if you have an idea, you don't need to wait for someone to hire you to do it. Like, you can just hit the ground and just chip away at it and make shit and happen. That's where it is. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's, that's, that's like, I, I keep saying yeah, over and I over. Told you, that's how I started. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure yeah, now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, nah, it's fine. I'm sure like, like you said, like it just kind of grows. Like people kind of start to refer people and I'm sure it's kind of helped your, some of your like uh, commercial clients too, I would imagine just because now they kind of see your work on this stuff and it just kind of fuels the whole thing i would imagine yeah it fuels the whole thing and that's 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 how i came to know about you and your awesome uh podcast and work and i went to your your work and your work reminds me of mine a lot mm. and i'm like i know this guy <laughs> i know this guy and i appreciate it and this incredible stuff and i really love it and appreciate it, it. It, it um uh because we all get caught up in this thing where you need to have 19 layers and 26 lights and everything needs to look like Annie Leibovitz shot it. Not me. I'm like, I'm like around. one guy. I'm a one, everything I'm a wizard, like one light, dude. I'm yeah. like, if it don't fit <laughs> yes. in my, if it don't fit in my car, it don't, it, that's, not, that, that's my rule. Not happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's all relative. Um, yeah. I really, you know, I really love and I work with him occasionally is John Russo because he either doesn't have lights or he has one light and he just creates really nice portraits. Yeah. Which is aside from like a David LaChapelle that's all big set and 19 lights and 26 half naked people and everybody's covered in oil and <laughs> everything is hot pink and green and neon. Uh, they got a DJ. Yeah, the DJ and all. <laughs> and that's not even the standard, you know? So that's what I, I appreciate the voice and getting out of that Instagram thing. Mm -hmm. And like now I'll post something cause I like it. Then I'll get off. Yeah. And then I'll post something in two days and I'll like, and I get, so it's, it's the people who are going to respond are going to respond. I mean, my Instagram fluctuates five and six. I'll gain five or six. I'll lose seven. I'll gain three. I'll yeah, lose two. And I'm like, you yeah, know, don't what? even this worry is... about it, man. Just stay focused. I don't even, yeah, I can't even worry about that. Yeah, it's just I can't even worry about it. Yeah, create create every time work. I gain something, my account doesn't increase yeah. dividends. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> my money, no money increases. Hey, it's people we're turning the corn. Once that book comes out, Corel man, but, once that book yeah. comes out, the money's gonna start showing up, man. We're gonna it's building, you know. Oh, your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> but when the book comes out, you're gonna get a copy of it. Perfect, man. And I, I, because it's just so much so I, I, I'm 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 walking this line of what do I put out and what do I keep? I just I put I have this uh, Omari Hardrick who was just on Power and Star Power. I yeah. shot him as um, 007. Yeah, and it's like him. It's him, but like like all the different roles. And I did a really cool panoramic shot where I just shot the top of him because I don't want I want people to to be eager about it. I want to create this thing, but. You can only do that for so long, mm -hmm. right? Okay, be like, okay, what are we doing here? When are we going to see it? When are we going to see it? Which is where my book agent comes in at. And, you know, if that doesn't happen relatively soon, then I'm going to have to start looking at uh, just self-publishing options. Yeah. Hey, there, there's no stopping Crow, man. You've been at this 10 years and shot over, I think you said over 60 people. Oh, ain't like, no stopping me, dude. Ain't no stopping, man. I, I respect it more than anything, man. It's just like, get, after, get out there and get uh, after it. Alex, I appreciate that, yeah. man. Yeah. It's uh thank you so much. My favorite course is I didn't come this far just to come this far. Yeah, exactly, man. And uh I guess like to wrap up, man, like yeah. you, you've been in the photo world for a while now and uh you know shot a lot of interesting stuff. I guess like what's next for you and what kind of keeps you excited with photography, I guess. 
So what's next for me is, is I am, um, I'm redoing my current website because it's mm-hmm. a little blocky and it's a little, it's, it's not, everything's not reading like it should. Mm-hmm. And it, it was actually done by my friend's brother because I really needed a site, but I just spoke with my new guy yesterday and he showed me this new sort of yeah. element and this new way we're going to revamp it. And I'm most stoked about it because I think that it makes me more viable mm-hmm. and I'll be more apt. I did a portfolio review and spoke with people from Netflix and people from stars and they're like, dude, you got it. Yeah. You have to revamp your website and just start sending us links. So I'm excited about that. I don't know what's going to come of it, but I'm excited about that. And I think as a result, we'll I'll start to see some really cool things come down the pike. Yeah, you know, and then then Black Hollywood, which which I don't even consider part of that work, but that work is going to speak for itself. Yeah, and you, know? you think you think you'd like? So to I'm, do... I'm stoked. I'm, I wake up every single day excited. No, that's awesome. You think you'd ever do like a photo show with the uh, the Black Hollywood stuff? Uh, obviously, COVID's kind of tough right now, but maybe down the line, kind of doing like yeah. an exhibit. I think I think it would be making for an amazing exhibit. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, can you imagine? I was. Are you familiar with LA? Uh, a little bit. LA at all? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, I was riding my bike up La Brea. Okay, which is right here by my house. And I had this this huge, like, I wanted people to walk in and I shot this actress, Cindy Kelly. Um, we did Psycho and she had these little twig twists in her hair. Yeah. And my makeup artist in her hair, they're like, do you want us to put a wig on her? I said, absolutely not. So she's looking back and she's screaming at this person that's about to murder her. <laughs> and so you have that, I have the Matrix, I have this, the, 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 Black to the Future is what I changed the name to. With the guy on the hoverboard. Mm-hmm. I did a 40-year-old version. I've done the Green Lantern. Like, all of this stuff is going to have to... Like, I want people to see it. I want yeah. to see it in larger format than even a book. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this COVID thing has really put stuff into perspective and it's really given me the opportunity to, to finish up some shots. I need to finish up Yeah. to start laying the book out. Mm-hmm. Like just be, just be prepared, be yeah. prepared for the call. It's you know, cool. I've mentioned like, I thought if I created good work and I thought if, you know, I wasn't asking people to pay for it, finding a publisher was going to be the easy part. It's proving mm-hmm. a little bit different, but you know, the right people are coming. Alex, I'm, I'm excited about that yeah me too man well Corral, yeah. i'm glad we, i'm glad we connected yeah. and uh it was really awesome talking to you and for uh people listening if they want to check out more of your work uh where's the best place for them to go um well it's my book black hollywood book project you can google it but it's a great instagram it's a mm-hmm. great uh youtube channel yep to see me creating all these really cool scenes from movies if you have any ideas send me some um and my, it's Instagram, like I said, and my, my Instagram is Corel Augustus underscore. I don't know what, it wouldn't let me not choose the underscore, but you know, it's just a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It won't let me use my name. It says it's taken, but it's not. Um, but yeah, those are the ways that people can see the work. And I'm pretty vocal about my book and I'm always point pushing and, yeah. and posting videos and 
behind the scenes shots about it and all. So Perfect. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do this. Definitely, man. Well, Corel, I'll link it in the uh, podcast and everyone can go check it out. But uh, yeah, thanks so much, man. And like, good luck with everything moving forward, man. Absolutely. I'm going to come back on when it's out. Alex. Oh, yeah, and man. You can well, sit there and hold it and flip through the pages. That's right, man. We're, 100%, man. Let's get it. It's All coming, right. buddy. And thank you so much. And keep continue the amazing work. I really do love it. Appreciate it. All right. Take, Carell. take care, man. Have a good night. All right. See you soon. Peace. Bye. So there you have it. That was the Corell Augustus interview. I uh, just want to thank Corell so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, it was really great talking to him about his journey with photography, as well as his new book project. Um, so definitely go give Corell a follow. His Instagram is at CorellAugustus underscore, as well as check out his website, CorellAugustus.com. Uh, lots of cool photos up there, as well as some uh, kind of sneak peek at his book project that's coming out soon. Um, so definitely go check that out. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Uh, so definitely go check us out on YouTube and feel free to subscribe. It'd be much appreciated. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.